Hi there, this is Fiona from IELTS exam training courses. And today I'd just like to say hello again to Julia and Naila who listened to my podcast yesterday. And thank you very much to them for giving me some advice on how I can make them more useful for you. Um, for example, yesterday I hadn't really planned to do the listening, but because Julia asked me to, I, I, I did it. And she mentioned that maybe it would be more helpful if I actually posted the questions first. Um, so that you can try the test yourself and then listen to my kind of explanation version of it uh, to see if you were right or to check anything, you know, that you didn't understand. So what I've done today is I have made a question um, paper PDF for you. Um, I've, I've put it on my Facebook. Well, I'm going to put it on my Facebook um, page today. Um, but I need to find a way, again, that's easy for you to be able to access these things quickly. I mean, I do have a website, of course. I just don't know if that's the best place yet for me to put everything. So please uh, keep your comments coming. Uh, please let me know, you know, what would be the best and most useful thing for you. Um, Naila also had, she said, I would love to know the tricks to answering each section in terms of conserving time, etc. I believe one might be very good in the language, but because of not understanding this, you might not do so well in the exams. Yeah, absolutely, Naila, I totally agree. You know, it's, it's the fact is you are very good in the language, but because of the style of the exams, you might not be familiar with the type of question that they're asking. And that's why I think the benefit of, of my podcast and, and doing things like that I put on Facebook is... I've been doing IELTS exams literally for years now. I've been teaching since I was 20 and I'm 47 now. I know I don't look it, but I, I've been doing IELTS since I was 20 and I've seen it change. I've seen the style of the exam change, but I've seen so many that, you know, they have to keep it to a fixed formula. They have to just to make it fair and reliable. They can't have one exam that is this type of question and then another exam, which is a completely different type of question, because then the exam wouldn't be reliable. If they had different types of question, um, then, you know, you could take the exam on one day and do really well and then take it on another day and do really badly. And then how would universities know that they could trust this exam if, you know, if the exam just depended on one day it was this type and another day it was the next type, then it wouldn't be a reliable exam. So... Just to have confidence and faith that they really have to ask you the same types of question all the time. And I know you know that means, you know, like true-false questions, for example, or match the headings question. Yes, that is one thing that I mean. But I also mean that, you know, people have to write these questions and they can't just imagine questions just, oh, let's ask this, for example. They have to have a strategy which is tried and tested that they've used for several years. They use this strategy to make sure that what they're testing is 
Um, they're not testing your memory, for example. They're testing your ability to understand meaning, you know, to understand complex sentences. They're not really testing your vocabulary like, you know, the word we had yesterday was sparrow hawk. Um, what they're doing is saying, OK, well, you might not know that word, but can you have you got the skills to work out that word from context? You know, could you listen to the lecture and think, oh, well, they must be talking about a bird. And that shows, you know, that is a skill that is a listening skill. Um, and this is what they're testing. They're not testing you on general knowledge or facts or, you know, as we said yesterday, it's not your ability to understand different accents. They're, they're just trying to make sure that you can work out the meaning by using your listening skills. And once you've seen the type of questions that they will ask, they are the type of questions that I go over again and again in my reading videos and now in my listening practices. I can show you how they ask these questions and how you find the answers. Um, I hope that as not, I haven't been talking too much about that, but I really wanted to make that clear because your questions really helped me see what kind of things that you are worried about. So, you know, Julia, you said you, you, you feel nervous and lack of confidence in case you don't know the word in the title. But what I'm hoping to show you is that, you know, get over that fear, that that fear is, you know, holding you back, possibly. Um, you've got to have faith that you will be able to understand the whole thing and answer the questions, even if there's one word, you know, that, that you, you didn't know what it meant. But again, these, they, you know, they're very carefully tested, these these listening and reading tests. They pilot them and they, they watch out for anything that could cause an unfair um, grade or that could cause, for example, one, one set of students to do particularly badly just because of the questioning, you know, the way the question is worded. They're very carefully tested. Um, and so yesterday with a sparrowhawk, for example, um, they did actually, you know, give a definition. They they started by saying um, they've seen yet more sparrowhawks, one of Britain's most interesting birds of prey. So they will explain any words that might trick people. Um, they, they don't want to trick you. They want to just test your listening, basically. Um, they're not that bad. <laughs> um, Yes. So yesterday we looked at the first three questions in that multiple choice about sparrowhawks. And today we're looking at the second th set of three questions. And again, I'm going to go through them and explain how they are worded. How, where are the tricks? and how you can find the right answers, even if you don't know all of the vocabulary. So remember, this was a story about people, students doing research about birds of prey, sparrowhawks coming more to urban gardens. And let's go to question now. This is question 34 in the test, and it says the group made their observations in gardens. A which had a large number of animal species, B, which they considered to be representative, and C, which had stable populations of rare animals. Now, before I go to the answers, 
you have to be able to use some element of kind of common sense here from your general knowledge. I don't recommend that you guess, of course, but try and use any kind of background thoughts and general knowledge to help you guess. You know, if they're, if they're looking, if they're looking for sparrowhawks, um, would they would they choose gardens which had stable populations of rare animals? That that would sound very odd to me. Um, but let's have a look at what they say. Meanwhile, we were doing our own observations in selected gardens throughout the city. We deliberately chose smaller ones because they were by far the most typical in the city. The whole point of the project was to look at the norm, not the exception. So in the listening, they said they were looking for gardens which were typical, gardens which were normal, not the exception. So if we look at the three choices again, A, which had a large number of animal species, no, no mention of that. B, which they considered to be representative. Yes, that is the answer. Representative, meaning they represent all of the gardens because they were typical and normal and not unusual. Whereas C said stable populations of rare animals. Well, that would be unusual. They wanted the normal garden. Question 35. It says the group did extensive reading on A. Wildlife problems in rural areas B. Urban animal populations or C. Current gardening practices So the first one that they did read, we need to find out what did they do their reading about. Was it A. Wildlife problems in rural areas B urban animal populations or C current gardening practices and this is the text. Alongside this primary research on urban gardens we were studying a lot of books about the decline of wild animals in the countryside and thinking of possible causes for this. So they said we were studying a lot of books about the decline of wild animals in the countryside. So synonyms, the answer is A, wildlife problems in rural areas. Rural areas is the countryside and the decline suggests a negative, a drop, a death. So it's wildlife problems. The third or final multiple choice question is question 36 in this test. And it says that the speaker focuses on three animal species because A. A lot of data has been obtained about them. B. The group were most interested in them. C. They best indicated general trends. And the text says, so what did we find? Well, so much that I just won't have time to tell you about here. If you're interested in reading our more comprehensive findings, we've produced detailed graphic representations on the college website. 
and of course any of the group would be happy to talk to you about them. Just email us. What we've decided to present today is information about just three species because we feel these gave a good indication of the processes at work in rural and urban settings as a whole. So the answer is after he says three species, he says because, so that's the reason, we feel these gave a good indication of the processes at work in rural and urban settings as a whole. So the first choice was A, a lot of data has been obtained about them, well no. B, the group were most interested in them, no. C, they best indicated general trends and that is the correct answer, the answer is C. General trends means they gave a good indication of the processes at work as a whole, as a whole is synonym for general. And they best indicated means they gave a good indication. Okay, so have a look on my Facebook page um, to find the document. Um, that's what I'll do for the time being, but I will try and think more carefully about uh, other ways of doing this because I have hundreds of these listening tests and I just want to put them all in one place so people can just pick and choose the ones that they haven't done already. Um, tomorrow I will look at the final part, so that will be questions 37 to 40, and it's a table. So I'll focus on that tomorrow and look at skills and strategies for answering questions that are presented in a table form. Um, remember um, the question of vocabulary again. Um, if you go onto my website, there is a 28-day planner and for each day I give about 10 words that I think are absolutely essential to know for IELTS. So if you just download that planner, it's free, then, you know, print it off and try and focus on those keywords as which, as we've seen today, come up again and again. Prey, predator, urban, rural, um, decline, species, um, that kind of thing. So I think that's all from me for today. I hope you found that useful. Please keep commenting with your suggestions of how I can make this better for you. Thanks again. This is Fiona on a very extremely snowy, snowy day in uh, Colchester. And believe it or not, I know this is unbelievable, but because of the snow um, and I feed lots and lots of birds in my garden, um, because of the snow, I have actually seen a sparrow hawk this morning in my garden, um, which I have never seen before. And how weird that I was doing a listening about sparrow hawks coming to urban gardens. And then I saw one that day. That That is just so weird, don't you think? All right. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you.